Well, good morning, church. Uh, it's good to be with you this morning and uh, excited to, to share with you. We're starting a new series uh, on the gospel and we're going to we're going to be tracking through what that means, you know, and it's funny because I can tell you what the gospel means in about two seconds. Um, but uh, but unfortunately, you know, in our flesh and who we just are by nature, we love to to take the things of God and twist and contort them to kind of to, to meet our own thing, you know. And so uh, this is not a new new thing. It's gone on since the beginning and it will continue to go on. So we need to be reminded. We need to come back to um, a, a place of, oh, yeah, I need to make sure I'm, I'm lined up with that. So let's open up with a word of prayer and we'll, go, we'll dig in this morning. God, thanks. Uh, for your love and mercy and grace and th this gospel that you've given to us to to have ownership in and to share with others, God. And so uh, please just help me to communicate what, what you are communicating to us, God, and um, Lord, and the just the, um, the accurate representation of, of it, God, of the gospel. Lord, that uh, it's it's the way you designed it and the way you would have us uh, understand and live it out. So, uh, God, just just we invite you in this morning to move amongst your people and have your way. God, teach us the things we need to to know and learn and help us to live it out. God, because um, faith without works is dead, and so uh, we want to have a faith that's living and active. And uh, so, just help us to do that, Lord. God, we love you uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. So it was Valentine's Day. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, but uh, I, I I have this um, thing built into me. I, I don't like doing things in a in a mediocre way, which is probably a great quality. But sometimes it's uh, like everything. There's a there's a blessing and a curse in it, you know. And so you know it's Valentine's Day, and and for me, like I couldn't just grill out and do something simple that I knew. Uh, which if I did something simple that I knew would, would have created the environment that probably my wife was after, which was just quality time with me, right? But no, 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 I have to impress her with some meal that, uh, you know, a very experienced chef probably would have had a difficult time uh, pulling off. And so that's what I decided to do because I wanted to impress my wife. I wanted to show her that I cared. So again, you know, there's, there's some good intention there. And I don't even remember what the the dish was called. We had eaten it at a restaurant at, at some point, um, and it was an Italian restaurant, but it was a seafood dish. And it was lobster and scallops something. And the something was the part that, that messed me up. It wasn't your typical, you know, Alfredo sauce or anything like that. I can I can pull that one off. Uh, there, there was some type of... of complex thing going on with the sauce or the roux as as they like to say and i was way out of my league i was way out of my league the seafood part simple you just don't ever cook seafood it's pretty easy and but the the sauce man it uh whew, it threw me for a loop you know and so i had i had written down all the ingredients and we had i'd shopped and gotten everything fresh i mean it was Everything was really fresh, and the directions were there. 
And so, you know, I've always laughed because I'm like, hey, you know, who can't follow directions? You know, you can cook anything, you can follow directions. I learned a hard lesson this day. And so, uh, I, you know, I was, I was following the directions that the chef had, had put down. And, man, like, you know, he's, he's given descriptive terms for, like, what things should look like at what uh, stage you're on. And my stuff wasn't looking like he was describing. And I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, if I just keep, keep going. And, and anyway, uh, like three hours um, of me getting frustrated and boiling over and my wife just wanting quality time with me on Valentine's Day and I'm livid, you know, and throwing things and uh, just my face is red and angry and all of those things. And so I had to throw it out because uh, uh, it wasn't good after it had, I tried to mess with it for three hours. It, you know, it ended up not yeah just it wasn't it, it wasn't good and, and you know the 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 thing is um i went back and i never did try it again but i did go back and kind of what you know what went wrong and and i figured out that i had just misunderstood one of the um directions just misunderstood it just a little bit you know and I, I tell you that story because I, I really think and believe this is kind of what we do to the gospel sometimes. It's clearly laid out in Scripture. We have the Scriptures, right? So we're really without excuse. But I think we, we get into it and we start to read it and we find parts we like or we maybe we don't understand something about it. But anyway, we, we end up making it our own. Like I made this dish my own. <laughs> The dish I made was not the dish the chef made that I, I stole it from. It wasn't the same dish. <clears throat> I made my own. And we do this with the gospel. We do this with Jesus. I really believe, I was listening to um, the, the, just a radio show the other day, and they were talking about this, how in, in our culture today, people will say things like this. I, I love Jesus. Jesus loves me. But I'm, I'm not so sure about the, the Bible. I'm not so sure I believe the Bible. And when I first hear that, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, what? But then I, I get it. I'm studying through the Old Testament right now. I just read some sections in 1 Samuel that I'm like, I had to set the Bible down. I'm like, what, God? Like, what? I can't even like, I, I can't just rationally figure out what in the world you're trying to say right here to me. And I was struggling, you know, with it, my, my understanding. And I, and I still do. I, I don't have resolve every time I, I struggle. I mean, like, there's tough things in Scripture. And so I know as a person who just wants the good parts, the grace parts and the loving parts and, you know, all these things, like the tough parts of Scripture, man, maybe you're not so sure about them. But the problem that ensues from that is everybody gets to create their own version of Jesus. And what ends up happening is he ends up looking a lot like you. The things that are important to you are the things that were important to Jesus back in those days, right? The way Jesus handled things was, you know, the way you just amazingly handle things naturally. And, we, you know, we just... Instead of us looking a lot more like Jesus, Jesus looks a lot more like us. 
And we do the same thing to the gospel. I do believe as a culture, our American culture has really cheapened grace. We've watered down the gospel. And we've, we've created what I want to call a salvation gospel. We've, we've set the stage for uh, people to believe that the, the end-all, save-all is that you are saved. That you are saved from hell, right? No one wants to go to hell. That sounds terrible. Lots of Christians don't even believe that hell's real. Of course, you know? So, like, get saved. And so we can, uh, again, it wasn't, I don't think it was ill intent here, but we can piggyback off this, this scary place and create a gospel that's going to get more people into it, right? Because there's almost not even a choice there. Do you want to go to hell? No? Okay, well, you want to go to heaven? Well, just believe in Jesus and you're going. And if that were true, man, I hope that's true. But if that were true, then why, why the entire Bible? Why do we have all these scriptures if that were true? Why do we have all these warnings? Why do we have all these descriptions of the gospel? Why do we have all these commands? If it were true that all I had to do was believe and I am saved, then, then why the rest? Doesn't make sense, right? Because that's not true. It's not true. There, there's, there's a lot to the gospel. And there's a lot to Jesus. And, and it is a journey. I, I will always reference that because I believe uh, that's the intent. You know, as I, I see Jesus walk around with his guys and live this out in the stories. And, um, you know, we definitely see a progression of how they grew. And he expects the same of us. He expects us to be growing, to be maturing in Jesus Christ. So today we're going to go to school. We're just going to kind of lay the foundation. We're not going to build it. We're going to build a house, right? Uh, the gospel house. We're going to we're going to lay the foundation, frame this joker in, put siding on it, roof, and all the fixings. All right. We're gonna we're gonna build us a, a gospel house over the next uh, month or so. And so today we're going to get into the foundation. All right. I just I want to make sure that you understand. The simplicity of the gospel, we're going to just kind of lay the, the platform here of, of what we, we want to talk about. And see, um, the, uh, the gospel has had to be reset a few times throughout history, probably more than I even recognize. But um, two of the, the bigger ones for me were, uh, you know, when Martin Luther... Um, nailed the 99 Thesis to the door of the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church had gone astray and they had created their own stuff. You know, they'd taken a little bit of truth and mixed it with a whole lot of, in my opinion, greed. You know, there was a lot of greed. And we, we see that back in Jesus' day, right? He, he went in and overthrew the tables, you know, and... Why? Because people were taking advantage of the, the things that God had put in place. They were profiting from it. And Jesus is like, no, 
And the Catholic Church did the same thing. And Martin Luther nails the 99 Thesis and like tried to correct the ship. And then the you know we know the the German Church and just all the crazy stuff that that came out of that. And Diedrich Bonhoeffer was in in that, and he tried to right the ship. And so it, it just happens. It happens on smaller scales all the time. And we just have to come back and make sure we're on course. Okay? And so um, so it's good to go back and define what we're talking about, the, the big things of Scripture, the ideas of Jesus. And so the gospel in its simplest form means what? Does anybody know the two words? Yeah, good news. It means good news. In its simplest form, it's the good news. And so you can see already how easy it would be to take good news and just, hey, well, what's the good news? And now you get to just kind of create what that is. And and your version is probably good news. But is it the complete good news that, that the Bible wants us to understand that is the gospel? The, the, the Greek word I'm going to butcher this because I'm not a Greek and I didn't go to that class in Bible college, but it's euangelo or something something along those lines, but it's derived from the noun angelos, uh, which means messenger. And usually when used, it, it, uh, was, it was talking about bringing victory or some political good news that, that just brought joy uh, to, to the people. So there's no religious, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a religious word. Uh, in, in general, it wasn't used that way. Uh, so it ha- doesn't have a lot of connection there. But it is used over 90 times in the New Testament. So I don't think we can just chalk it up and say, good news. You know, what is the good news and why 90 times? I mean, why is this just mentioned over and over and over and over again? Again, if all there is to it is that I am supposed to just believe and be saved. It's just not that simple, okay? The, the definition simple, good news. But, but there's a lot in that little phrase. There's a lot in that little phrase. And so the word gospel is usually accompanied by some type of uh, a descriptive thing, a modifier, if you will. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through a list of them. I'll make the scripture reference. This is one of those moments where you're not going to be able to follow along with me uh, as far as the Bible goes. But, uh, but you can, uh, you know, jot these down and you can go, you can go look them up. Um, so the gospel of God is a phrase found in Mark 1.14. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Mark 1, 1, the gospel of his son, Romans 1, 9, the gospel of the kingdom, Matthew 4, 23, the gospel of the grace of God, Acts 20, 24, the gospel of the glory of Christ, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the gospel of peace, Ephesians 6, 15, and uh, an internal gospel mentioned in Revelation 14, 6. So, so we have uh, this, this, the word gospel and then these modifiers, adjectives, uh, that that uh, describe it, and and so and then of course the context around those uh, descriptions in in the scriptures tell us what God's trying to convey, and so we have to dig into this and we have to study it and we have to learn it, and it's why this found these foundational pieces are important. Where does it originate from? What does it mean? You know what are what are we looking for? Um, a uh, 
uh, a friend of mine articulated this really well. So I, I kind of, I was writing stuff down and, and, uh, and then I, I saw what he had written down and I'm not the best writer and he's a better writer. And so I, I st stole it, but I didn't steal it because it's not stealing. It's, it's what the Bible kind of says. So, um, so none of us, I, when we were down, when TJ and I were at Expo, you know, one of the things they kept saying, and I'm, I'm sure I've shared this and I'll keep sharing it, um, is, you know, we, we don't need to be innovators. We need to be imitators. So I don't mind sharing uh, what other really wise people have, have uh, I always try to give them credit, but uh, have written down because I'm not trying to innovate here. I'm trying to imitate Jesus and what I, I see him doing and saying and that's the whole thing we're after here. We don't just we just we don't want to just hear the message of Jesus. We we want to apply the message of Jesus and the methods of Jesus. We want to be imitators of Christ, as as the Bible describes. And so uh, he he said the gospel is this: the kingdom of God has come through Jesus of Nazareth to restore relationship with mankind. He is the Christ, the King, God's one and only Son. He died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and was resurrected on the third day according to the scriptures. In his great love and by his amazing grace, God our Father saves everyone who repents of their sin, believes in him, and follows Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. When King Jesus returns on the last days of his day for his church, all who have been restored and followed him will enter into the eternal kingdom of God. That's good stuff. But it's not easy. And it's not simple. Okay? And, and I just, I want to challenge you a little bit this morning. Because the gospel, the gospel is how God makes us right in his sight. The gospel is from the beginning to the end. Not only of your life, but history. From creation to the end. The return of Jesus. From your birth to your death. This is how God is making us right in his eyes. The ministry of reconciliation, as it says in 1 Corinthians 5. And I just, church, this morning, I just got to tell you, you know, it... Uh, It, it really burdens me to watch people put so many things in front of our our obedience to Jesus. And again, we have this natural instinct to just kind of try to adapt what Jesus meant to how we want to live. And I even do it sometimes. Let's just take sports, for instance. I pick on sports sometimes because I was an athlete, and I put a lot of time into that. But it's so easy to say, you know what? The, the Great Commission says, as I go, make disciples. So I'm choosing, you know, I chose basketball. And so how, you know, and then asking the question, you know, how can I use basketball to glorify the Father? And that's a great question. But do you see how that's my version of the gospel? And instead, the real question needs to be, the real question is, needs to be, is should I even play basketball? 
That's the first question. Have I died to myself and do I need to give up this sport so I can pursue something else that Jesus has for me? See, you, you might not even have caught it when I first said it. Because, yeah, man, Jeff, that sounds good. You know, you're going you're gonna to have this platform. Uh, you know, I was pretty decent at basketball, and I had this platform. And, and, you know, and even if I wasn't good at basketball, I was decent at relationships sometimes. And, and, you know, here's a platform where I could be. And believe me, I wasn't a Christian when I played basketball, so I don't want to, like, I'm just using this as a hypothetical. Um, but, uh, you know, how, you know, like, I could have done that. I could have done that. I had influence on my teammates. But did I ever back up? Would I have ever backed up and asked the first question to begin with? God, what do you want me to do with this day? You know, I have, I have kids and I struggle with this. I'm like, you know, I want them to, to have certain experiences and opportunities and stuff. And it's like, God's like, um... Those are my boys. And how easily I forget. How easily I forget and how easy it is to manipulate God's gospel, what he wanted for me, and I create my own version of it so I can continue to live the life that I want to live. Church, I don't know about you, but I've been guilty of that. Romans 1, 16 through 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Am I living in such a way that I'm proclaiming the gospel with my life, not just my words? And, and Paul goes on, you know, the first 11 chapters of Rome there. Pretty, pretty amazing stuff. And it culminates in, in Romans 12, which you guys know is one of my favorite passages, this living sacrifice. You know, offer your bodies as because of all this being true, because of the gospel Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. See, there's no room in there for me. There's no room in there for my way. It needs to be his way. The gospel is kind of summarized in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. It says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Mm, that's some tough language right there. And it's easy to believe in vain because there's so many versions of this. And if we don't come back to the scripture version of this, we're going to miss it. And we're going to be proclaiming something and living something that's not quite lined up with God. And that doesn't work very well. Just read the Bible, just little passages. That doesn't work very well. When God lays out a plan and you just manipulate it just a little bit. I just got through reading this intense passage of Saul and God gave him some commands to do and he did not do them the way God wanted. And man, the aftermath of that, 
It was not pretty. It was not pretty. Um, I was listening to uh, Brandon Gindon uh, preach. He's a preacher out in Texas. And I don't know if he came up with this or if he got it from someone else, but he framed it this way. Does the scripture define your theology or does your theology define scripture? You see, we've, we've said it, you know it. You can take a Bible passage and, and turn it kind of any which way you want. You can take characteristics of Jesus and create an entire religion around them and they're not really who Jesus was. The complete Jesus. You, we don't get to, to, to pick through. It's the whole thing. It's the Bible. And Scripture is, is our, our absolute reference. The Spirit of God is not going to go against the Word of God ever. Some worship song out there isn't transforming your life. It's the Word of God. And we have to understand the gospel through the complete lens of the word of God. And so that's where I'm going to wrap it up today. I'm just going to leave you with that lingering question. You know, is, does your life define the gospel or is the gospel defining your life? And as we dig into it, I hope you wrestle through that. I hope you flesh that out. I hope you struggle with it. I hope you really begin to examine the things that are going on in your life and and just maybe, God's calling you to something different. Let's pray. Father God, thank you again for your word, Lord. Please, uh, we mess things up, God. It's, it's who we are. And it's easy to say that phrase right there and just excuse us. God, you don't, you don't uh, show us that in, in your word. You show us that, hey, you know what? My grace is sufficient for you. You are weak and I'm strong. But there's still an expectation to know you, to know Christ, to know the word that you've, you've given to us and to mature in it, to put it into action, to live this out. And we, we'd probably agree that there's nothing more important yet than our life does not back that up sometimes. So God, help us to put away the childlike things and, and embrace maturity and allow your scripture and your spirit to transform us, to renew our minds so that we look and act more and more like Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.